everyone hello hi and welcome to beyond small talk every thursday at the four o'clock eastern standard hour my name is jackie janik and i am a women's empowerment coach helping women uncover their purpose and define their own path in the world and today you are watching beyond small talk every thursday at the four o'clock hour beyond small talk is real conversation real women elevating womankind one talk at a time and i'm very happy and in need of this co-host today her name is dr tatiana habanova her handle is at dr dot habanova she is a female brain expert we'll get more into what does that even mean um but i need this today i need this for several years now however i can walk into a room and forget why i'm even going into the room i can forget where i leave my keys i maybe don't remember somebody's name like all these things come up when i think of female brain health and what does this look like so dr habanova she went from overcoming her own brain injury to helping women enhance cognitive vitality Vitality. I keep messing up that word, cognitive vitality and create better brain health. So today we're going to get Dr. Habanova on and we're going to figure out and think about are these things normal? Do they require more attention? I mean, I'm 44. Do I have mommy brain? Is that the excuse? Or is it something that I should be more concerned about? So let's get her on. So excited. We are inviting her right now. Just today, screwed up a meeting time. And I was like, is this normal? Do I have a lot on my mind? Am I stressed out? Help, hi, Dr. Habanova, how are you? Good, thank you, Jackie. How are you doing? So good to see you. You too. So um, this is your, let me introduce your female brain expert. And this is your first IG Live. Yes, it is. And I am so privileged to be on your show. I love everything that your show is about, what it stands for and what you're doing. So I'm really honored and thank you for having me on today. And I'm really excited about the topic we're going to be talking about. Me too. And thank you. And don't worry, I have popped several IG live cherries and it is not hard. It's not terrible. And you will see after this conversation, it's just like you are just a wealth of information. And I was just saying that even today, I took the cognitive. Oh, hi, puppy. Oh, dog, they're so cute. <laughs> they are fascinated uh, by the phone. So whenever they hear a voice on the phone, like they were totally sleeping and they heard your voice and they were like, oh, and they came over. So I'm sorry if they jump on. I'm going to try to get them to calm down <laughs> oh not at all my voice tends to do that too animals and children they all like oh what's that person saying um but so yes i saw that Hab you did the uh, assessments i saw that um request so great how was that for you yeah, so assessments are really interesting because there's one section and um, we're going to share what the assessment is with everyone listening and I'll put it down for everyone to take because it's free and I highly encourage it that uh, there was one section where you had to remember the numbers in order and I only got seven numbers. Oh my <laughs> well, shit, what does really that good. mean? <laughs> well, exactly. So like I... I don't know, what does that mean? Am I normal, typical, or am I suffering and have cognitive challenges? So let's get started. Like first, what, do you, what is your definition of even cognitive health or what does that mean to you? 
Well, that's a great question, actually. And there's a lot of different definitions, a lot of different ways that people um, try to quantify or, uh, you know, explain that. And really, um, you know, it's your ability to function through your cognitive, you know, faculties, which is living in the frontal lobe. Uh, the frontal lobe of our brain is an area where really our personality is, all our decision making occurs, all our executive functions. It's the part that uh, really needs to function well to perform well well in society with humans. Uh, so when our cognitive functions start to uh, change up and there are different domains within the cognitive function spectrum, uh, I believe mm -hmm. the assessment you did focus on um, one of each of the four. So just sort of touch points uh, on those. There are more extensive tests, of course, this is just like a little mini assessment just to get people used right. to, um, and women getting used to doing cognitive assessments, but really the ability to perform well cognitively, and that would be a memory of you know word retrieval being able to hold working memory like having seven numbers in your head and not all of a sudden have some of them drop for example right uh, so yeah. you know for be able to like walk into a room and remember where you put your keys remember people's names the minute you just met them and be able to use their name in that conversation uh, so, so it shows up in almost every daily task that we do as a human mm. uh, you know I know remember the days that we had to memorize our phone numbers so we can <laughs> yes and I'm like, now you don't even have to do that anymore. Like, uh, if I didn't memorize, like, my home phone number from a child, because, again, at my age, we didn't have cell phones that just you click a little person's face, and all of a sudden, it's like, we, I feel like now with, you know, cell phones, obviously, smartphones, and just technology that we don't have to think that hard anymore and especially because i have my friend on here benita we are convinced and we know Hi, this benita. and she knows it to be true benita, that um uh google listens to us mm -hmm. and so even and so is intuitive that i don't even have to like remember things anymore because google remembers everything for me like my passwords it yeah. remembers my last history i could type just like a few things and all of a sudden it's like that's what i wanted google how did you know that obviously he, google's listening right. but i'm just saying like modern technology has um made it not necessary to like even use our brain that much it's true. I mean, as much as that is convenient and serves a lot yeah. of purposes and that we, mm -hmm. we obviously enjoy the benefits of that, but it's true. It's just those daily tasks. And as we, um, you know, interact with life uh, years ago, we did understand that the brain can change. That is really a, a new understanding, maybe in the last 30, 40 years. Uh, mm -hmm. It used to be thought that the brain you had was the brain you had and that's how it goes. <laughs> if it got damaged, you start to get old and that's how it is. Right. But we know very differently. We now know that the brain is constantly changing on a daily basis based on our interaction with the environment, how we stimulate our brains Ooh. or don't stimulate our brains, um, the kind of conversations we have, the kind of books we read, the things we listen to, the types of activities we challenge our, our brain and our body because we have to obviously move and, and do things as well. And as well, when there are, for example, a concussion, a stroke or neurodegenerative processes that might be occurring and the brain um, has altered its functional state because of you know something like that we know we can rehab the brain back to function as well so we've got the ability to restore function and that's why with cognitive impairment it is such a kind of almost a taboo subject especially with women uh, you know 65% of, of American women have never had a cognitive assessment done they don't even talk about their cognitive health with their doctor it just doesn't come up and it's just sort of maybe 
maybe you'd think about speaking about it when you get really a lot older, you know, yeah. where maybe at that point you think maybe you better bring it up. But even at that age, a lot of the women still don't bring it up. There's a stigma to it. There's um, obviously maybe even a denial, an embarrassment that that might be happening. And um, we can we can pick up on mild cognitive impairments way before it becomes really major issues and, and memory and forgetfulness and word retrieval. Um, and sometimes it starts to affect people's ability to work and perform in their job. So, you know, the, the, these are things that happen to people at all, well, to women specifically, as we're speaking about female brain health, but for women in particular, at any age, you can have cognitive impairment, not just when you're older. So, we can pick up on the mild cognitive impairment the subtle oh. subtle signs you know just the little things here and there we are able to reverse that and we can that's awesome to know right yeah because i think there is a shame behind it and i see it you know or there's like we have an excuse for it like yeah. you know they're older like my mom is 79 um, mm -hmm. and um she's usually on here and i told her you have to listen to this one because you have cognitive <laughs> Hi, health <mom>. issues <laughs> challenges <laughs> yeah thank you and um and you know i feel like a, she has more of a shame around it versus like okay i do have some challenges and there's nothing to be, uh, you know, shameful about it. It happens. And I guess you might could tell us why it happens or why not. But like, I'm more curious about the early stages. So you can like nip it in the bud and it feels um, hopeful that there's things that we can mm -hmm. do to help it. So like, say most of the Beyond Small Talk listeners are between like 35 and 44. I'm 44. Perfect. And um I know there's on uh, Dr. Habanova's website that we'll also share, there was some key signs to look for. So I was on your website and I was looking it over. I said, oh, forget people's names sometimes. <laughs> Check. Um, walk into a room, forget why I went there. Check. Um, <laughs> like I went through them all as I started just like mildly check and I'm not ashamed about it. Or I take a lot of notes now in my job. Like I used to, 10 years ago, I was on point remembering every little thing. Now it's like, I'm always the note taker. I'm a post-it girl. And I think it's more that I've um, found a way to manage mm -hmm. some of the cognitive possible challenges mm -hmm. versus taking care of them. So I think this is a conversation that's really needed for women. Well, you uh, nailed it completely, Jackie. That's absolutely yeah. on point. Uh, you know, going through those 10 signs and if you can kind of like put a couple check marks on there, you know, and uh, you said, you know, most women are going to find ways to manage because we have to carry on. We have to make life happen. We have to continue. And so, you know, we don't even sometimes realize that that's something that can be addressed, right? We just think you just kind of have to make do, but you're right, taking care of it. And what the wonderful thing is, and this is my <laughs> golden retriever, female Jasmine. Hi. <laughs> one second, one second. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Uh, is that taking the assessment is really one of the first places because it will help narrow down if that's just, you know, sometimes we can be a little forgetful. It, it can affect like our sleep, sometimes even hormonal, where we are in our hormone cycle. Um, hormonal changes in women from um, maybe having hormonal imbalances or to, you know, going through a pregnancy and then afterwards or menopause. So, you know, women have a lot of different 
hormonal fluxes uh, in their lifespan and obviously monthly. Uh, so there's a lot of things that can affect your cognitive performance in any one particular day. Uh, so definitely taking an assessment is a nice way to just pick up to say, wow, is there something a little more going on that I should pay attention to? And then the nice thing about it is there's so much uh, lifestyle medicine. So things that we can do in terms of how we eat, how we sleep, the type of exercise we do, uh, brain-based exercises, the ability uh, to maintain some socialization, which I know is a little challenging with the What's pandemic. The, I like your, you said uh, brain-based activities, like exercises. Could you share one? Sure. I'm so interested. Well, what um, can I do? For example, like you were playing yeah. that, or um, you know, they're little games in the assessment, so they make it fun. Uh -huh. uh, but just being able to remember a series of numbers and then having to go backwards, for example, right? Uh, being able to do math, right? How many times do we now you just use your phone and the calculator? We don't have to really think about. Um, you math. ask Siri, Siri right? right? And like, she tells you all the answers. So it's like, do people even like know how to, I had to do like a, yeah, I'm not even going to embarrass myself here. The, the, some challenges that I have with just simple math because we don't use that part, I guess, of our brain as much. Exactly. And sometimes some people gravitate to math a little bit more than language. So same thing, mm -hmm. you know, remembering a poem or remembering, um, you know, some experts from a book or something of that nature. So really memory is, is key and there's different types of memory. So we have our short-term memory of working, term, uh, working memory, long-term memory. So what can happen is when we first take in information, let's say someone's name or um, some numbers or, or whatever the case is or even a direction let's say ask someone for directions and they tell you go left go right at the light you know and and in your and you're not keeping that information in your working memory then that's not going to work itself into long-term memory at all so what can start happening is as people start getting older and this might be going on they kind of look back at their life and let's say the last five or ten years and they can still there could be in their 30s 40s or 50s i'm not talking necessarily you're in your 80s or 90s at that point but you're like wow you know my 40s feel kind of blah because the long-term memory of uh, anything that was going on was not being laid down into long-term memory Right. So this could have a profound impact on kind of how we feel about mm -hmm. ourselves, how we feel about where we're going in life and what we're doing and achieving memories about times we spent with friends and family or fun vacations or kids and, you know, various yeah. things like that. So um, it's it's important to get, you know, to really work on our working memory, our ability to hold knowledge or hold some information in space you know, in our mind yeah. and uh, work with it. You utilize it. You say you're making a recipe or something. You're following along. You know, where, where were you? Do you remember that last step that you did? Uh, things like that. Mm. So I think you really just nailed it on the head where it's not to rely so much on the technology. There are very specific brain-based exercises we can do to target different aspects mm -hmm. of cognition because uh, that is kind of a, a, a big term with lots of components to it. Uh, so there is, as a um, clinical neuroscientist and uh, in the world of what we call functional neurology, which is the application of excuse me, the application of clinical neuroscience, we do brain-based exercises, very specific, and we do a very comprehensive evaluation of brain health. And that's one thing I really would like to share with your audience is we get a yearly physical, right? But mm -hmm. um, it's not so common, but it's becoming more common, so we can talk about it, is getting a yearly brain health assessment. 
and Ooh. to actually go through and evaluate each component of the brain. And it can, it can take about an hour to an hour and a half. It's, it's pretty extensive, uh, but it's great to get baseline. And then once a year to follow up with that. And if there was ever an injury, an issue, a car accident, a slip and fall, I don't know, stuff happens, you, you know, I mean, I got mm -hmm. viral meningitis out of nowhere. I just, it happened one day, you know, I, it wasn't a slow coming on. It was a 24 hours, you know, fine to hospital. <laughs> so wow, it was rapid, yeah. you know, so stuff can happen very quickly too out of nowhere. But if you have a, a baseline of your cognitive function, then when you, um, you know, finish off with whatever, you know, concussion rehab, or, you know, I had to recover from the viral infection. A lot of people are having COVID brain now, you know, we can assess mm. where their cognitive function is after the fact. And is it back to where baseline was? See, most people don't take baseline, so they don't Besides, know. Yeah. And it's all based on memory. So if your memory is not so, so good. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you can return back to where you were and you feel you can more or less do the things you were doing, but to be accurate, uh, to, to make sure, right, as we move on. Year right, because I guess it's like, yeah, I'm 44, but you could be like, well, my baseline was at a certain point, so maybe, you know, you can't compare all 44-year-olds or well, et cetera we like we that. We do, actually. So uh -huh. we oh, do you do? Oh, okay. They uh -huh. are. They're compared to, um, to normative ranges in that age group. So usually it's like, 40s to 50s, 50s to 60s. So uh, Got it. these uh, researchers and companies that have developed uh, the gold standards, because there's a variety mm -hmm. of things out there that maybe not be completely research-based. We really want to make sure the assessments we're doing are research-based and uh, they're valid, right? That's important. And that we are comparing to your age range. And that's what's important. So I could say, um, after you've done your assessment, you know, I can be yeah. able to look at that and be like, okay, so Jackie scored da 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 da, however you scored, and that's based on your the w women and your age group. Mm. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. Um, because you were talking about memory, and one of like my fears around like my memory and why I even like started like looking more into <laughs> reading your website, looking more into it, is because you were talking about you know fear around not remembering like your past so you know my father passed away my grandparents and it's like my biggest fear is like forgetting them you know like forgetting a moment with them or forgetting those pieces that like that would they're alive through me because I remember and pass on stories or things like that. And like lately, like, you know, my cousin will say something to me and be like, I don't remember that. <laughs> and then I get sad. I'm like, okay, well, I want to remember like these, um, you know, experiences with loved yeah. ones. Um, so especially at this point, I'm like, is it still like, that's why I'm happy that I took the assessment and looking forward to my, um, what you think about that um so if we started to like we take the assessment first we have to acknowledge like okay maybe there's something uh we question it take an assessment start putting this into our yearly health plan like with how many women i've been talking to on beyond small talk i want to set up women for like yearly checkups for multiple areas of their life like you talked about hormone hormonal we have betsy on here who has been talking um, hey, with uh, beyond small talk betsy's here with um you know your lady parts um health i had somebody on about diet and nutrition so it's like just adding your cognitive brain health to your checklist of what do i need to get done every year so Absolutely. we acknowledge we have to do it we take an assessment yes um 
we might have some signs here or there. What would you um, suggest as like a next step? Well, actually, prior to even taking an assessment, because that's actually kind of a big step for a lot of women. So Uh um, what is really a nice little step, I created a guide, uh, but it's 10 questions that you should be asking your own doctor about brain health at various stages of your life. So I think that's a nice resource for anyone that can just download it. It's a free guide and it, it opens up the conversation and it even helps you like literally you can just read the question to your doctor mm-hmm. if, if that's a concern for you and, and begin that conversation. Okay. Cause a lot of times the doctors are not even addressing to say, Hey, you know, mm-hmm. how is your memory or how have you been feeling? And most people are like, I feel great because they don't really want to acknowledge that, right? So I think having that guide um, helps empower women to know what to ask their doctors and just come with that guide even and start the conversation, you know, get the ball rolling. Then what would be appropriate would be either your doctor might recommend it if they're aware of various cognitive assessments or they'll send you to someone who does that. And again, Mm -hmm. it's not a big special workup. It's just like go in and get your yearly physical, right? Yeah. And you would get Mm -hmm. those done. The tests would be reviewed. And then depending if there were signs. So this is where, you know, brain health is so unique to each person, to each woman. Um, And it can change obviously day by day and what might be going on in one's life. So the next steps would really be honing in on anything that might have been seen on the assessment and then setting up a plan. Uh, You know, just Mm -hmm. basic. I always like to integrate with my patients. I like to integrate things that they're already doing in life that can help boost up their brain health. So that way we're we're so busy, you know, to ask for people to do additional, additional things on top, unless it's absolutely necessary because they're just, you know, maybe they're just so sedentary and they're not really even, you know, doing much that, you know, we need to get them up and going a little bit more. We have to involve more things in their life. But generally I try to integrate things that they're already doing. So if you're going to go grocery shopping, yeah, you could write it down. You're a post-it note girl. <laughs> Throughout the week, like writing your notes. You don't want to forget something yeah. while you're at the grocery store because it's hell to have to go back. I understand. Uh, but to challenge yourself to be like, all right, I've got my list with me just as a backup, just in case, you know, let's be efficient because uh, time, we only have so much time yeah. <laughs> to get in and out of that grocery store. Uh, but to say, okay, wait a minute, do I remember the first five items on there? Do I know where they are in the store? You know, just visualizing. I know when I go into Publix, you know, I hate going to a, another Publix that doesn't look the same as my original like, Publix or yeah. my, our grocery uh-huh. store in, in, here in Florida. Um, because if it's flipped or it's an older version, the, the food's in different places, the aisles, you know. And so now it's like, oh, wait a minute, right? You got to start thinking yeah. about where you're going to, how you're going to maneuver through Publix, for example. So motor planning, right? Memory. Um, so those kind of things are just our daily things. So you can challenge yourself as opposed to just relying on the list and then just mm-hmm. following along. Right. So I think it's important that people do get involved in um, utilizing their brain more and not technology as much as, as you mentioned. And then there are a variety of different online apps and things that I recommend to my patients that are free. Some of them are maybe a few dollars, not too expensive, uh, but again, are useful. Um, to do that reading singing dancing doing things to rhythm and timing um, is really important all right so you don't have to go out and take dance lessons by any means unless you're into that Uh, but just you know moving you know your body to a beat right or following a beat eye hand coordination so things like ping pong or racket sports where you're having to respond um, you know things like that so again just continuing to create that stimulation and, and we really are a use it 
or lose it brain with the body right if you don't use your muscles you lose your yeah muscles. you don't use your brain you lose it so even though a person might be like gosh i'm exhausted i'm working all day i'm thinking but they're thinking only in a certain way it's very linear oh, okay are they thinking on all the other ways the brain might be functioning right we get really good at our jobs because we get really focused and we narrow those pathways down and get really efficient and that's great uh, for job performance but we also you know sometimes then stop using our brain in certain ways because we are so laser focused in a, a certain linear kind of thinking you know for example we, we're on screens a lot we look at phones and computers so we're always converging the eyes because we're you know focusing on a computer screen or an iphone but we at the same time need to be able to diverge the eyes and be able to also look out into nature let's say you're out into the backyard and we're down the street <laughs> whatever that view may be for somebody and um, train the brain to also see beyond a narrow focus yeah so something just as simple as just getting outside going for a little walk don't be on your phone while you're walking look out into the world you know expand the brain's ability to diverge the eyes work on peripheral vision you know all those kind of things help to understand help the brain understand where the person is in space um, when we understand where we are in space we feel more connected not only to ourselves and our own functionality but to others um, and on a global sense as well so there's a lot of cross correlations that can happen so it's, it's really honestly simple lifestyle enhancements right yeah uh, so, you know, how many times, you know, winter is coming, so it might be hard to get outside and go for a walk, but, yeah. um, you know, just to be able to, you know, not be looking so close, look a little further away, work on reading, right? Work on reading and maybe then, uh, you know, saying to somebody, you know, um, your partner, your spouse or your, your child or someone like what you just read, can you reiterate those mm -hmm. words? Can you share some pearl that you just read in the book and yeah. be able to say it back right and challenge yourself right at first it might be difficult because we're not used to that skill but if we carry on the brain is amazing at adapting it really is and you'll get better at it so i think it's well that's good ourselves. news yeah Why yeah <laughs> because we're not lost so if anyone's listening and i'm like oh shit you know like i forget these things or where am i heading again like just being aware and knowing i love that we're gonna again say your website and to go there to get these questions having these conversations with your yep. doctor or even just family members or people around you or um that they might notice something that maybe you're not noticing um, so that's mm -hmm. helpful. Um, doing some of these brain exercises, which I love, like just challenging myself to maybe remember someone's phone number that I usually rely on my phone to do or, um, yeah, the grocery list. Like that's like really like little exercises seem that um, – I'm just happy to hear that I could recoup my brain, <laughs> that it's, I'm not all like lost and screwed. Like you could really get but it back, the, which is but like, the thing is, is if we don't do something, then it will the, deteriorate. So if you don't do anything, you just mm -hmm. carry on, carry on, carry on, then that's not going to just improve on its own. And I think that's right. the biggest message is like, Hey, if you're sensing some of that, yeah, start practicing those phone numbers and grocery lists and you know, things like that. 
Yeah, it's a sign. That's awesome. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it's a sign. It's like, you know, knocking, do something about it. And again, I can't stress this enough, and I think you said it too, that it's regardless of your age, you know, this is not just a, it's not an age-based thing, because if you're like a friend on here, Danielle, I know she's in her 20. My other friend, Danny's on here. She's in her 30. Beneath, I won't spill your age. And uh, <laughs> she's going to be like, thanks, Jenny. And I'm in my 40s, so it's like what you're saying applies to pe- women at all different age to pay attention to their cognitive health. Because without our brain like we're kind of screwed right like yeah. my grandmother used to say that she was 82 and she says to me all the time I'm still happy while I have my marbles she's always like if I have my marbles upstairs and they always did um number work all the time my grandmother did a lot of mm-hmm. crossword puzzles yeah. and she did a lot of gambling so she played cards a lot and yeah. she always was like quick as a whip yeah um yeah. with those kind of activities and she lived till 96 still going to like Atlantic City and always really quick like that um that's it that's exactly it you know and so it doesn't have to be a huge undertaking uh i think Mm -hmm. the biggest thing is just picking up on if there is and um, sometimes people just might sense it like you're kind of sensing some things on your own like again we manage we get post-it notes and there's that problem solved but no the real problem isn't quite solved is it right so I had, you know, viral meningitis when I was 36 and I'm 49 now. And it took me two and a half years to actually recover my brain health. I recovered within a few weeks of the viral meningitis and can go home from the hospital. But my cognitive function, that took a lot longer because of the inflammation and some of the damage that occurred. So I was 36. I was in the peak of my career and boom. And it's something I still have to continue to manage, Uh, even though I've improved upon it, but I do need to make sure that I continue to involve myself with those kind of things too. And I assess myself every year as well to make sure that I'm just maintaining baseline or enhancing, right? So uh, we have a lot of uh, women who actually are high performers in terms of like, um, like neural performance they're high thinkers mm-hmm. uh they could like moms you know, my gosh you got so much going on or you could be a person that just you know a lot of at work you have to think a lot and you really want to make sure you're on point so sometimes we we actually do cognitive enhancing because we want to think even we want to perform even more right as opposed oh, to always thinking mm-hmm. oh i've i've had a concussion now i have cognitive issues or i'm getting older or hormones and then you start feeling a deterioration and we want to like catch up from that so it, it can work both ways oh this is fascinating and i know we, i can ask tons more questions <laughs> and we could even dive deeper but um we're going to end today around because i'm sure a big part of cognitive health could be around self-care yes. and so i'm really curious to know since your experience with brain um your meningitis and getting yourself all back and look 49 and stunning <laughs> can you tell me <laughs> some of the things that you do we want to hear from the doctor. What do you do? <laughs> yeah, I'm huge on self-care and just choosing to acknowledge that you want to take care of your brain and maybe do a, a you know, an online assessment in the privacy of your own home. Mm-hmm. Go talk to your doctor about it. Not because there's a problem, just because you want to open the dialogue and you're going to take that responsibility. To me, that's an act of self-care and self-love. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I do a lot of different things, so I won't... <laughs> <laughs> go 
over time with all of that. But actually, one of the most powerful things that I do um, that I, I, I feel it helps me a lot is I do a, a hypnosis, actually. So when I'm in high peak season in my work schedule and I'm working 12 to 14 hour days, seeing tons of patients and having to keep everybody organized and all, so, you know, it's a lot mm. of brain power, right? And I can get fatigued. And I always want to make sure my last patient gets the best of me, just like my first patient of the day. That's very important to me from just a work ethic, you know, perspective. So I actually, yeah, so I I don't want to feel tired or kind of like maybe my Mm -hmm. brain is sort of slowing down and I'm not catching all the necessary information that the patient's giving me, my last one. So I don't think that's fair. So I actually at lunchtime will do a 20 minute hypnosis uh, that it allows my brain chatter, my monkey brain, my going, going, going brain to settle down, calm down. And it's like having eight hours of restorative sleep. So 20 minutes, it's my thing I do religiously. Um, It's built into my schedule and it makes a world of difference in my ability to perform, um, you know, in the service of others. Right. And that's important to me. Uh, So I, I notice a huge difference, awesome. um, you know, in uh-huh. the summer months when we're not as busy in the winter here in Florida, yeah. we get obviously inundated by a lot more people flying down to Florida yeah. and it gets just naturally busier. Uh, so my work schedule goes to like 12 to 14 hour days versus normally six to seven, right? So it's almost a double day, uh, two days in one almost. <laughs> so the days I don't do the hypnosis, like in the summer months, I you know, I could get by, but I noticed that I do a lot better when I do the hypnosis. I should be doing it actually even in the summer months, but it's a must in season for me. And I've been doing that for awesome. years, years. So yeah. that's my wow. little, Well, that's what the secret. doctor does, everyone. So this is like her secret. Check it out. Um, Also check out uh, Dr. Habanova. Her handle on IG is at dr.habanova. Uh, mm-hmm. And would you like to share your website? Sure. It's drhabanova.com. So just my last name and then drhabanova.com. And there's a ton of resources and information on there. So when someone lands there, they'll be able to navigate their way through to what they need. (laughs) Thank you so much for all there's yes, go on there. I've checked it out. There's resources, take her free and I'll put it on um, the post here. Um, I put a bitly. So remember the Try not to write down the bit.ly number, uh, letters and numbers, people. Put it in your head and see if you can go to that Google and type it out. That's a, isn't oh that like a good exercise? That could oh be a good gosh. exercise. That's an ultimate right? exercise. That could be, because I think the bit.ly is like six, seven, something like that. Yeah, it's not too bad. Check out. This is the first start of trying to check out your cognitive health. There's the health. challenge. So There's the that's the challenge, challenge we're leaving with. <laughs> And then it'll get you to the free assessment. Please take it. I strongly suggest everyone to please take it. Please, please take it. Uh, Let's get a baseline of your cognitive health. And thank you so much, Dr. Habanova. It was such a pleasure. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, everyone, Beyond Small Talk, every Thursday at the 4 o'clock hour. And if you didn't catch us here, you could always catch me on Apple Podcast and or uh, Spotify. However, next week is Thanksgiving, so we're taking a break next week. <laughs> yeah, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. And thank you again, Dr. Habanova. Thank you, Jenny, Such a for pleasure. having me on. I so appreciate thank it. You. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks. Bye.